people from everywhere, from Lagos, Nigeria, people have been sending messages. God bless you, God bless you. Tonight, I want to talk about the greater glory days are here, the theme that God gave us. This is the word, the very first word session. And I'd like you to go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'll be in verses 1 to 13. My time starts now. Deuteronomy chapter 6, from verse 1 all the way to 13, and then I'll be in Matthew 22, from verse 35 to 40. If you're in Deuteronomy 6, can you say amen? Now, from verse 1, these are the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. May your days be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Capital letter L, little capital O-R-D, standing for Yad, Hey, Vav, Hey. The same name interpreted as Yahweh. The Lord thy God is one God, is one Lord. Verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord, thy God, with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. If you have a Bible, you want to underline that in your paper Bible. I'm going to repeat that. That you love, you shall love. It's a command, not a suggestion. You shall love the Lord your God with how much of your heart? Come on, church. Come on, church. All. All has no exception. All has no reservation. It is either all or none. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, your soul is divided into three portions where you have your mind, your will, and your emotions. Those are the compartments of the soul. It is possible, listen, to love God with your heart, but to not love God with all of your soul. I love the Lord with all of my heart, but my soul is sold out to vanity. Who is in possession of your soul? And you know who is in possession of your soul when you look at what you are setting your affections on. When you go to bed in the night, what's the last thought on your mind? When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thought on your mind? Is it to have your needs met? Is it to buy that new car? Is it to build a big, big business? Now, all of those things are fine, but do you even think about the Lord? Do you carry God in your thought? It is possible to go 24 hours without even thinking about God. 
very possible. But the Lord our God is a jealous God. When God looks at you, when God looks at me, he knows what possesses our soul. Moses gave this commandment. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And some say, yes, I'm born again. Checked. I love him with all my heart. But then what about the second level? With all your soul. With all your soul. And then with all your energy, your might. Verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise up. That is every time I want you to love me and to love the Lord. And every time I want you to teach your children to so do. When you lie down, talk to, talk to them about God. When you sit on your couch, talk to them about God. When you are walking by the way, think about God. Talk about God. I'm going somewhere with this. And when you rise up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house. Write the law of the Lord on the posts of your house. Why is God saying all of this? Why was Moses telling the children of Israel to do all of this? To go this extra mile of the Lord. When you sit on your toilet seat. Be looking at the law of the Lord that you have written at the back of your door. When you are on your couch in your living room or your dining area, think about the law of the Lord. This is how much God wants to possess our soul. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Glory be to God. And it shall be. Now listen, this is now going to be the resultant effect. When you do all of that, Loving the Lord with all your heart and your soul and your might. And you, when you lie down, you think about him. When you wake up, you think about him. When you walk by the way, when you sit down. And, and whatever you do, you think about God. Now, he says, that's going to have a result. That is going to have an effect. What is going to be the effect? Verse 10. And it shall be. Somebody say, and it shall be. This is going to happen. In contem contemporary English, it means this is now going to happen. Now, what is going to happen? It says, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which is sworn unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Can somebody say amen to that? Can you say a better amen to that? God is saying, when you love me with all of your heart, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Verse 11. And houses, not one house, houses full of all good things which thou feelest not. In other words, I'm going to give you apartments just fully furnished that you didn't furnish. Two people came to church tonight. <laughs> Glory be to God. And wells dog which you didn't dig. Somebody's getting a free ball hole. Amen. Praise God. 
You know, it's amazing how God cares about us. He knows that when you live in a house, you need water. And God says, I'm going to give you water that you didn't pay for. I'm going to sink a borehole, get someone to sink a borehole in your house, and you won't have to pay for it. Somebody's going to go to school, and you won't have to pay for it. And vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, you're going to eat fruit that you didn't plant. When thou shall have eaten and be full, you will eat and be full. No matter the economy of the jungle, the lion does not eat grass. No matter the economy of the nation, you will eat and be full. In Psalm 37 verse 19, the word of God says, They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Even in famine, they will not be, they will not be ashamed. They will not be put to shame. I love it in the NLT. It says they will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they shall have more than enough. You will have more than enough. Why does God give more than enough? So that we can use it to preach the gospel. So you can reach the unreached and church the unchurched and reach out with the goodness of God to someone else and tell them that God is good practically. Are you with me tonight? Verse 12. When you are now full, God said, because prosperity of the fools destroys them. When you are garnished, when you are supplied, then beware, lest you forget the Lord. It was because he didn't want you to forget. That's why he said, write it on your hand. Write it on your door. Write it on your gate. When you sleep, think about him. When you rise, think about him. Talk to your children about him. When you walk by the way, because he doesn't want you to forget, because it is easy to forget. You know how many people were on fire for God when they were here in Nigeria? Here with us in church. Glory to God. At every service, every weekly activity, every ministry, they are there. And then the moment they get on that plane and land overseas. How you doing? Pastor, I've not even been in church in six months. Why? I've been joining online sometimes and... You know, how many people actually stay all through online? It's not bad to join online, but how many stay through online? Do you still preach the gospel? Well, in this country, it's really not, it's, it's kind of forbidden, but, you know, yeah. Like, why do I really need God? Um, I mean, back home in Nigeria, we had to pray to get breakfast, pray for dinner, believe God for lunch. But right now, the government takes care of me. I don't even need to pray for a car. If you pray for a car abroad, they will think you are mad. Why are you praying for a car? If you have a job, you get a car. If you have a job, you get a house. You don't need to pray for, oh, God, give me a house. What? Go get a job. And then they set up the mortgage for you. And then you start paying instrumentally, maybe over 35 years. And then you, you're, you're a homeowner. You can drive any nice car in America if you have a job. They give you car notes, and then you pay your car note regularly. That's why you don't lose your job anyways. Because those things can be repossessed. People can be on fire for God in a season in their lives. Especially in the season of need. But be careful. In fact, be more careful of the season of plenty. That's why this warning is coming. Because the greater glory days are here. So when the greater glory begins to manifest, don't forget God. That's why we won't see you in church anymore. How come you're not coming to church? Yeah, pastor, I got it. You know the job we prayed for? The job, the same job we prayed for, now has taken you away from church three months and six months. 
You know, God can't even play with some people with just one million. He can't even use one million to play with some people. So let's just, let's just, let's just give out one million. Let's see what happens. That's the end. And God says, these are the people I want to set up for the future. Now listen tonight, because really God has very huge plans for us. Are you with me? Very huge plans for us. And this is why we must be properly instructed. He said, when you have eaten and you are full, beware lest you forget the Lord. Who brought you forth out of the land of bondage, the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. And God has brought many of us from Egypt, from the house of bondage. Some of us grew up in the trenches. We know where we're coming from. We give glory to God for where we are now. We may not be there yet, like some people have arrived. We haven't arrived, but we can look over our shoulders and say, thank God, I'm no longer where I used to be. I've moved. Someone say, I've moved. <laughs> glory be to God. We move, amen. And this weekend, God is moving us forward, amen. Verse 13, and that's where I stop. Thou shall fear the Lord. The same word fear here is the same word love the Lord. When it says fear the Lord, it doesn't mean you fear God like you fear a rattlesnake or you fear a, a Rottweiler dog. You shall love the Lord, thy God, and as an outworking of your love for him, as an expression of your love, you should serve him. Serve and shall swear by his name. Very quickly, let's go to Matthew 22, from verse 35 to 40. Matthew chapter 22, from verse 35 to 40. Jesus gave very express instructions here. Um, okay, I'm going to take it from 37, actually. 37 to 40, just about three verses or four verses. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law. All of the law. All of it. All of it. And the prophets. Now, how many laws of God do you know? Probably you know the Ten Commandments. Am I right about that? Are you aware that God gave the Israelites 613 commandments? Tell me how you're going to fulfill all of them. In fact, some of you have broken the law tonight. With the combination of what you are wearing, your color combination, or some of you are wearing linen or wearing wool, some of you have eaten rabbit, some of you have eaten catfish. And you all came to church tonight, you didn't bring goats and cows to do sacrifice. You've broken the law. Somebody said, thank God for grace. That's what Jesus did for us. Granted us access to the throne of grace. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the hour of need. Some of you pray. While you are praying, you are, you are still looking at your friends. Thank God for grace. If you try that in the Old Testament, they walk you out of the synagogue and take you out, out of the tabernacle and take you into the outer court and maybe throw you in the wilderness. It was tough. It was tough. But glory be to God. Thank God for grace. Somebody say, thank God for grace. Amen. But grace should not be abused. 
when we talk about the glory of the Lord, I want to quickly run you through. We're talking about the, the greater glory days are here, but it's important that we understand the meaning of the glory. When we talk about the glory of God, essentially we're talking about the weight of God. The weight of God. But then again, what does that mean? Does that mean God wants to sit on us and then we're going to be pressed down, uh, shaking together, running over? Oh yeah. What exactly are we talking about? When we talk about the manifest glory, the Shekinah glory of God, we're actually talking about three things. One, the manifest presence. Two, the manifest power. And three, the manifest goodness. Somebody say with me, the manifest presence. Two, the manifest power. And three, the manifest goodness of God. In Psalm 16, verse 11, David the psalmist wrote, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence, there is what? Fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are what? Pleasures forevermore. So, when the manifest glory of God is in a place, is in a meeting, is in a service like we're having right now, it is pointing our attention to the fact that the the the, the the manifest joy of God also is in that place. He says, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. So when the manifest glory of God is in a place, it's pointing our attention to the fact that there is joy in that place. God is there. The glory is there. The presence is there. And in his presence, joy is there. Can I have an amen to that? When you're in a place and joy is not there, you want to move out of that place because that might show that God is not there. Thou will show me the path of life in your presence. In your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. So if the presence of God is in your family, then there must be joy in that family. If the presence of God is in this meeting, then there must be joy in this meeting. And when we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about the glory. Because the glory is the manifest presence. God can be in a place but may not choose to manifest himself. There is the ever-abiding presence of God. But there is the Shekinah presence of God, which is the manifest presence of God. How did Peter interpret this joy? In 1 Peter 1.8, he described it as joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can you imagine? He's linking joy and glory again together. Look at the link. He says, he described that as, as joy unspeakable. And then this joy unspeakable is full of glory. The glory is the manifest presence, number one. The manifest power, number two. The manifest goodness, number three. But he's saying, where the presence is, joy also is there. Is God present in your heart? Do you have joy in your heart? Glory be to God. Give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. In Luke 10, 17, the Bible says, and the 72 returned with joy. They returned with joy. Hallelujah. And somebody will return after this Ablaze conference tonight with joy in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3, the Bible says, With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. The wells of salvation contains healing, contains the new birth, contains deliverance, contains wisdom, contains prosperity, contains restoration. And the Bible says the only way you can get anything out of the wells of salvation is joy. When I was growing up in Mokola, we used to go early in the morning to go and fetch water from the well. There was a well on our street. And if you went to the well and you didn't have a drawer, to draw your water. In Yoruba language, we call that doro. Our some call it ifami. 
But you English-speaking folks call it drawer. If you don't have it, you stay until the one who has it fills up all their barrels. Now, we don't call it barrels. You guys call it barrel. We call it bath. Are you getting what I'm saying? They fill the first bath, the second bath, the third bath, the fourth, and you're looking, and you can't see anything. Say, ah, do you want to finish the water in the well? Well, who sent you a message? You didn't bring the home back, Doro. So you have to wait. And sometimes they fetch all the clean water. And what you have left are just the dregs, murky, muddy water. The type that when you take home, you allow it to settle for about two hours. You put alum. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? No, this generation doesn't know what I'm talking about. You have to push for that. You just flip the tap in your house and then water gushes out. And then you're having the shower. Now, it, it wasn't always like that. We had to carry bath on our head. And you had better go with your doro, with your doro, with your drawer. The Bible says joy is that drawer with which you draw water from the wells of salvation. Inside that well is your healing tonight. And the only way you can get that healing out from the well to your body is through joy. Somebody shout joy. Somebody say, I need wisdom. I don't know what to do with my life. Wisdom is in the well of salvation. Throw in the drawer and draw some wisdom. Somebody shout joy. You can be born again and, and, and live a very miserable life when you shouldn't, really. But because you are not releasing joy. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. So you know what I do when I'm low on joy? There are times you are low on joy. There are times that stuff happens and then you're almost depressed. Hey, get the presence of God into your room. Pray in the Holy Ghost, sing in the Holy Ghost, listen to some very nice anointed worship songs. Get the presence. When the presence comes, oh, it's a new day. You just find that you are lifted. You haven't got a credit allowed from the bank, but you are lifted. Can I have an amen? You look around and then the depression is gone. Satan is gone. Everything dark is gone. And it's a new day and you are radiant. And the word of God that says in Isaiah 55 that you shall go out with joy will come to pass. Can I have an amen to that? Somebody shout joy. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That is your strength in the name of Jesus. Paul the apostle said in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Number two, when the glory of the Lord is in a meeting or is in a place, the manifest power of God is there. The manifest power. In Luke 5, 17, Jesus was teaching in his house in Capernaum. And the doctors of the law and the Pharisees were there. And they came from everywhere. The Bible said they came from Jerusalem. They came from Decapolis. They came from Samaria. And they filled that house. Jesus' house must be big. I like that kind of house. Where you can hold a prayer meeting or you can hold a Bible study in your home. In verse 17, the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Why was the power present? Because he was teaching the word. The word. One of the containers of the power of God is the word of God. And I'm going to substantiate that with about three, four scriptures. The Bible says as he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Wherever the power of God is present like that, all that people need to connect to that power is faith. Somebody say faith. Faith connects you to the power of God. And I'm going to prove that to you. In Mark chapter 5 and verse 34, you must have heard the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She had suffered that condition for 12 years, constantly hemorrhaging away. 
And on that day, as Jesus was passing by, going to the house of Jairus, she came in the press behind, and she said within herself, if I may but touch the helm of his garment, I shall be made whole. Now, Jesus was and still is a Jewish rabbi. John 3, 3, when Nicodemus came to him in the night, he called him rabbi. And in many other instances, they called him rabbi, meaning teacher. If you know a Jewish rabbi, they usually wear a prayer shawl. Even if they wear a suit, it will be under or wear it above it. And then the thing has fringes. It's called talit and the, fringe, the fringes are called sitsit. The woman reached out for the fringes of the prayer shawl. Malachi puts it this way, I think in chapter 3 or chapter 4, that the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. The same word interpreted wings is the same word is a Hebrew word for the prayer, the edges, the fringes of the prayer shawl. I don't know who taught that woman. That was what she went for. In the simple English language, if I may but touch the helm of his garment. That isheti is the fringes. And he is the son of righteousness. Woo! And he's got healing in his wings. Can I have an amen to that? This woman came, touched him, and the affliction of 12 years ceased in one moment. Then Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? Peter said, what are you talking about? You see everybody pressing you, holding, pulling on you, and you're asking who touched me. Jesus said, somebody touched me. And he looked around to see who it was. And behold, this woman came out. And the woman began to confess, I'm sorry, Lord. I was the one. It was me. I am sorry. I was very sorry. I was thinking I'll be sorry in the later. Anyway, I'm sorry right now. And then the Bible says, she told him all the truth. How long do you think that took? You know, we just read the Bible. And she told him all the truth. And then you move on to the next verse. And he said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. No. That was a 12-year-old testimony. How long will it take you to share a testimony that lasts for 12 years? If you had an affliction for one year, and then Pastor Fred says, well, we're giving you just two minutes, share your testimony in two minutes. You can't share anything because you have so many experiences. The woman, the Bible said, told him all the truth from when it started, how it began, and how she went to all the physicians. We didn't know she went to physicians. She told us in the Bible. And how she withdrew all the money in her bank account. And how and how and how. And that testimony was very long. And Jairus was there. And he was like, hey, Jesus, let's go. My daughter is at home at the point of death. Please, let's go. But Jesus stayed and listened to the 12-year-long testimony. And when Jesus was going to respond, I thought he would say, my power has made you whole. But no. Jesus said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Somebody say your faith. Say my faith connects me to the power of God. That's found in Mark chapter 5 and verse 34. The power of God is present here tonight. And all you need, I don't know what your situation may be. You might be online watching. All you need is to connect with your faith. Faith is your connector. I use charger and as an example, our phone charger. When your battery is low, you need to connect your phone with the aid of the charger. Am I right about that? Is there power in this building right now? 
I mean, even to charge your phone. Is there power in this building right now? Yeah, but if you didn't, if you didn't come with your charger, can you charge your phone? Can you put the phone very close to the socket and say, in the name of Jesus, charge. Is it going to charge? In America, they call it connector. I prefer their word, connector. That thing you call charger, they call it connector. It connects your device to power. Woo! And power flows from the power source into the device. That is faith. Faith connects you to the power of God. And whatever you need is delivered to you by faith. Can I have an amen? The power of God was present. When you, came, when you come to a meeting like this, you need to be open to the abilities and possibilities of God. Because anything good can happen for you tonight. One person came to church tonight. I said anything good can happen in your favor tonight. The blind will see tonight, amen. The deaf will hear tonight. Creative miracles will be happening in the bodies of people tonight. The barren who might be here physically or joining online shall conceive and become joyful mothers of children. Limbs will grow. Body parts will be restored. Homes, marriages, families will be healed. Joy will be restored. And King Jesus will be glorified. When the undiluted word of God is taught and preached, the power of God is released. All you need is connect by faith. When the word is in a place, the power of God is in that place. Because the word of God is one of the containers of the power of God. I said that earlier. The word of God. There are certain containers of the, powers of, of the power of God. One of them is the word of God. One of them. Luke 5.17. As he was teaching, the power came. The power came with the teaching. The power was present. Now, those people were not healed because they were doubting the word. They were fighting the word. They were listening. They were doctors of the Lord. They knew too much. But there was a bunch of guys who didn't know anything and who didn't care about anything. And they brought their paralyzed friend and they went up to the roof of Jesus' house because they couldn't come in. The ushers told them the house was filled and there was no way they could bring in their paralyzed friend. They got a ladder. They went up the roof. They began to cheer at the tiles. Jesus was teaching. They marked where Jesus was standing. They marked him from afar. Okay, that's where he is. They went up and everybody was hearing, ooh, 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 ah, what's happening? Is that thunder? The doctors of the law adjusted their glasses. Who were those, who were those people? What's going on here? Finally, they tore the roof. They tore the tiling. They tore the metal. They tore the wood. They tore the tiaribus. They tore the asbestos and the suspended ceiling and the POP. Oh, no. Do you know how much I made my POP? They didn't care. They tore everything. And they lowered that guy gradually until they put him on the floor in front of Jesus. Ah. And the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. He didn't see the tearing of the roof. He saw their faith. Because there must always be a corresponding action to faith. I'm believing God. The glory days are here. The greater glory days are here. What are you doing about it? I really believe someday I'm going to go abroad and do my, and study for my master's abroad. What are you doing about it? Do you have an international passport? I'm dealing with quite a number of people right now in that area of migration. And it's amazing to me how people talk to me and then we're almost in the middle of, the, of our conversation, and they say, eh, this what, pastor, what you told me. In fact, do you know I don't even have a passport? 
In fact, as I'm speaking to you now, I just remember that I promised somebody in the morning I would help him call somebody else who could help facilitate a passport. That's to show how unserious people can be. If you know this is what you want to do, what steps are you taking in that direction? You think it's an angel that will bring your passport and visa to your house? My son, my son, blessed be the name of the Lord. Here is your visa to America. I can promise you if that happens, it's not to America. That is to America. America is very much America. Corresponding action. James said in James 2.17, he said, faith without works is dead. Being alone. What is the meaning of the works there? Faith without corresponding action is dead. I believe God for a first class. What are you doing towards it? I'm just watching African Magic enjoying, enjoying uh, popcorn and ice cream. Okay, that's fine. You'll get a first class. But it only depends on the kind of first class you get. Are you with me tonight? The word of God is one of the containers of the power of God. In Hebrews 4.12, the Bible says the word of God is quick and... Come on, talk to me. The word of God is quick and... When a woman is full, full of beauty, what do you say? She is... Come on, talk to me now. Beautiful or beautiful. Beauty, sir, plus full. The Bible says the word of God is quick and... Every word from God is full of power. The word of God is one of the containers of the power of God. So when you want to release the power of God into a situation, get the word. Believe that word. Meditate on it. Let the word speak to you. Then fire it. <laughs> when you fire the word of God skillfully, you will get results. I'll give you another scripture to substantiate that claim. Hebrews 1.3. The Bible describing Jesus, it said is the, it will have been the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things. How many things? How? By the word of his power. He doesn't say, hey, Gabriel, Mike, don't let that stuff fall. I don't want that stuff to fall. Mike, oh yeah, hold the sun, hold the sun. The sun is about to fall on the earth. Don't let the sun fall on Nigeria. No, he upholds all things by the word of his power. Because his word is powerful. If he looks at you and says you are blessed, guess what? Everything called blessing comes in your direction and you become blessed. If he looks at you and says you are healed, guess what you are? If he looks at you and says you are restored, guess what you are? If he looks at you and says you are highly favored, guess what you are? How? When did you become highly favored? The moment God said so. Are you with me tonight? In Isaiah 55 and verse 11, God spoke about his word. He says, so shall my word be that proceeds out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall not return to me void. But, yes, it shall accomplish. Somebody say accomplish. That which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. It shall accomplish. The word of God carries the power to accomplish. Accomplish what? Anything. Any message God sends it, it accomplishes it. In fact, in Psalm 107 verse 20, he didn't go. The Bible said he sent his word. He himself did not go. He sent his word. And his word did what he would do. The word healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. In Matthew chapter 8, the centurion told Jesus, he said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. I'm a man under authority myself. I said to this one, God, they go. I said to this one, come, they come. He said, speak the word only. The word of God carries the power of God. How much of the word do you have in your spirit? How much do you have? 
Many of us are intimidated. You hear somebody is a herbalist, you run away from them. Somebody is a witch, you run away from them. How many people will, will you run away from? I was in America some years ago, and we're talking. In, I was talking to a young man in Atlanta, and he said, ah, when I, a Nigerian guy, he said, when I go to the barbing salon in Nigeria, I'm very careful. When they finish cutting my hair, I tell them to pack it and give it to me. I say, what for? You want to go and make it a burnt offering? Or you want to make a sacrifice out of your hair? That is waste. He said, ah, sir, you don't understand. Life is hard. People are difficult. They do juju with somebody's hair. I don't want someone to go and make money with my hair, and I will not mind. I said, what? Is that what you believe? I spoke to him. I found out he's not a believer. He wasn't a believer. I said, look, after they finish cutting my hair, I tell them to wash it for me. They must wash it. He said, ah, that's the fastest way because the water is going somewhere. And when they carry it, blue ah. <laughs> carry the water. Take it to the herbalist. Do your incantations. Do you know what the word tells me? Numbers 23, 23. It says, surely there is no enchantment against Jacob and there is no divination against Israel. Somebody said, no. The Bible said there is no, no. There is zero, zero, zero. Isaiah 54. The Bible says, I think verse 17 now, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He didn't say the weapons will be formed. The Babalawa will ask him, where did you get this one from? That's if he ever survives the encounter. Because fire may just come and turn them to barbecue. Are you with me tonight? <laughs> the power of God. The word of God is a container of the power of God. Jesus in Luke chapter 5. Verses 4 to 8. Told Peter after he rented the boat of Peter to preach. He said now Mr. Peter let down your net for a catch. Peter said ah oh God. You have shared the word. We have had the word. Let us go home. Jede, don't disgrace yourself. You know why? Because I'm a professional fisherman. And in fishery technology, our professor taught us uh, that when you want to fish, you fish in the night. Uh, when the fishes are sleeping uh, and they swim into the net mistakenly. But during the day, they will see the net is glaring. It's conspicuous enough. They won't swim into it. That's experience. Somebody say experience. The word of God is superior to your experience. Don't come here and tell me your experience. Don't tell me the word of God doesn't work. I know somebody that believed God, they believed they had cancer, and then they believed they died. What about the ones that had cancer in 1981 December? Mama Dode Austin, the mother of Pastor Joel Austin of Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, America, and she's alive till today. Since 1981, diagnosed of metastatic cancer of the liver, given two weeks to live, and she's still alive. I saw her with my eyes, 2015. I went to that church just to see her. When I was told she won't be at the service because it was Memorial Sunday, Pastor Joel Austin was not going to be around. I said, don't worry, Pastor. It's not about Pastor Joel. I watch him on camera, on, on TV. I want to see Mama Dodi. 15 minutes into the service, she began to walk into the service. I tapped the protocol officer because they took me to the front. As a pastor from Nigeria, I sat on the second row, like the protocol side. I said, is that no Mama Dodi? She said, yes. I said, man, praise God. And then I remember what Job said. In Job 42, I think, he said, my ears have heard of thee, but now my eyes see thee. And she came and sat right in front of me. I brought out my iPhone 2. I snapped the back of her head. I said, this picture will follow me to Nigeria. This is a woman that defeated the devil, defeated cancer. Don't tell me 
your experience except it's bathed by the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, not one, not a jot or tittle of God's will go unfulfilled. Are you with me tonight? Peter said, by experience, we don't catch fish during the day. They can see, sir. We have had the word of God. Go home. He said that in his mind. But he repented. He said, nevertheless. He said, I have, we have toiled all night. Life outside Christ is full of toiling. That's why I tell you guys in this church, never use the word hustle for yourself. You are not a hustler. The world tells you, hustle, I'm a double your hustle, double your hustle. And some say, God, please bless my. May that never be found in your mouth again. You have to work hard. You have to work smart. You have to work by the Spirit. You are meant to be led by the Holy Spirit and enjoy and enjoy what you do. Can I have an amen to that? And have a reward for your labor. Can I have an amen to that? Peter said, we've toiled all night. We caught nothing. Your toiling will catch you nothing. He said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And then he did. Listen, the moment Jesus said, Peter, let down your net for a catch. All the fishes in that river had the word catch. And they helped to invite one another. Tilapia, what are you still doing? Follow me. We are going to be caught now. Catfish. Oh, yeah, inside the net. Arrow. Follow me. Shark. What are you waiting for? Stop cooking. Stop cooking. Let's go. The net became golden. They said, ah, we must enter this gold. We must. And they were struggling to get into the net. All the fishes. Were they there all night? Yes, they were. Human effort. Nothing. But at the word of God. Nigerian English, a caught fish saute. He sent for his partner and said, Abe, help me. Don't let the fish catch me. Because it's so heavy, now the boat is sinking. I may, this boat may capsize. I will become food for the fish. So come and help me. And then they began to help each other. And the net was tearing. Cracker, cracker, cracker. Heavy, heavy, heavy harvest. Heavy. I see the favor of God. Heavy. Come in your direction. In the name of Jesus. Talk about manifest goodness. That's an example. Peter had never in his life seen so much population of fish. They filled two boats. Two huge. Listen, these are not just some small canoe. These were big boats that could contain human beings big enough for Jesus to sleep in and for the other disciples to sit inside the same boat. And the boats were sinking. Heavy, heavy, heavy weight. My Igbo in law, they say heavy. Nah, what they call heavy. The boats were sinking at the word of God. Don't mess with God's word. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> Go to Luke 5 24 to 25. Very quickly. That story that I started, I want to finish it. When Jesus said to that young man, Hey, guy. Your sins are forgiven. All the doctors of the law and the Pharisees were saying, what's wrong, what wrong with this guy? Who does he think he is? Who has power to forgive sins? And Jesus knew their thoughts. And Jesus responded, now for you to know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, I will now say to you, the paralyzed guy, 
whose friends brought and dumped him right in front of me. Rise. The guy rose. Take up your bed. Took his bed. Go home. He went home. The Bible says that they marveled. He was paralyzed. But the moment Jesus said, rise, the power to rise went with those words into his bones, into his cells, tissues, organs, systems. He didn't have the power to rise before. If he could rise, he would have walked to the meeting. They brought him. Rise, he rose. Take up your bed. Go home. Oh, yes, sir. When God gives you an instruction, the power to carry it out comes with that instruction. Can I have an amen? amen. Those of you that are in young minister's training school, when the senior pastor says, now, you are going to go to Akpete, or you are going to go to Ajibode to start a church, he says, oh, I don't have, I am not adequate, nobody feels adequate. But with that instruction, just say, sir, yes, sir, I believe I receive. I believe I'm going to Akpete in the name of Jesus, and the God of grace will follow you there. I move on very quickly. When the glory of the Lord is present, the manifest goodness of God is present. God is a good God. The Germans will say, God is good. Psalm 106 verse 1. Psalm 107 verse 1. Psalm 118 verse 1. The Bible says the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. In Psalm 31 verse 19, he says, God has reserved great goodness for them that love him. Great goodness. He has, he has it in store. How long are you going to leave it in store? Can I have Psalm 31, 19? New Living Translation. I want to show you something quickly and then I move on to my next point. Quickly, Psalm 31, 19, NLT. Media, do you have that? Okay. Um, okay, NLT. Is that NLT? NLT, NLT. Now let's read together, church. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. I want to ask you, those of you that fear God, how long do you want to leave the goodness stored up? You need it now. But you are leaving it stored up. Is it in heaven you will use it? When do you want to have it? Okay, now let's go on. You lavish it on them, on those who come to you for protection. Blessing them where? Before the watching world. The world is watching. As you come to church, you go to Bible study, you serve. Every Saturday, you come for your ministry meetings. The world is watching. God says he's going to bless you before the watching world. Three people came to service tonight. I said God said he's going to bless you, not secretly, but he's going to bless you before the watching world. You know some are watching for your downfall. They are watching for your mistake. They are watching for you to be put to shame. But hey, the glory is the antidote to shame. God will bless you before the watching world. The glory is already amazing. Why greater glory? If you know something about God, you will know that while God himself does not change, he constantly changes us. Malachi 3.16 says, I'm the Lord and I change not. That's why you're not consumed, you sons of Jacob. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. However, he delights in our change. When we change levels spiritually, first of all, spiritually. Don't be on the same level spiritually. 
Some people are not even aware of the, the presence of God. They don't know what that means. They just know how to dance, 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 sweat, sweat, sweat. We go home. But hey, come on now. For a couple of years, if you've been in the Stone Church or Water Life Ministries International, you know we've been talking about the presence, the glory, the presence, the glory. And we're growing. We're changing levels. And some are not comfortable with that because they just don't want to grow. God wants you to change. People say, no, I want a change in my life. If you change, things will change. Somebody came to hear that tonight. I don't know who. But if you change, those yet the Lord, if you change, things will change. God wants us to change constantly. That's why in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, We all with open face beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. We are changed into what we are beholding from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And may I tell you something tonight? God wants you to change levels spiritually. Not only that, mentally, you should begin to do better. If you have been doing well in your academics, God wants you to do better. I want the best student from the School of Nursing to be from this church, the best graduating medical student from UI to be from this church, the best CLA or whatever student from Bowen University from this church, the best legal practitioner in Ibadan from this church. I want that to happen. And I'm a human being. God wants that much more. So mentally, God wants you to change levels. Financially, God wants you to change levels. Your inability to pay your bills does not glorify God. We are suffering for Christ. Hallelujah. We are heavenly conscious. We are not conscious of this material world. This world is not my home. But you are hungry. And you reach out to friends and brothers and sisters. Hey, bro, can you help somebody? No, but this world is not your home. Go home. <laughs> you, when you can't pay your rent, does it glorify God? When, when you can't pay school fees, does it glorify God? Some people think poverty is a badge of spirituality. Just like prosperity is also not a badge of spirituality because the most prosperous and the richest guys in the world are not even born again. A senior pastor told me about a woman in America who has 16 private jets. A woman. A woman. 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 No husband. No. 16. 16. So this is not why we are serving God. But I say that as we serve God, God wants our lives better. Can I have an amen? amen. How sweet will it be as who has called off strike? When you go back to school, glory be to God, you go back to school and some of your mates are not able to show up and you slide into their DM and say, hey, babes, what's up? And she says, man, the what's up is that my parents are broke and I haven't paid my fees. I can't come now. I say, come on, send me your account number. Will Jesus be glorified when you do that? What if you show up in school and, and your, your roommate doesn't have anything to eat? She was able barely to pay school fees and she came with nothing. I said, don't worry, this whole semester what I eat, you eat. And you eat good. Can I have an amen? amen. In this kingdom, we eat good. Amen. amen. I saw that in Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25. Jesus said, the fowls of the air, behold them. <laughs> they toil not, neither do they spin. They don't hustle. Yet, your heavenly father feeds them. How much more will he feed you? When God feeds you, you are fed. And you are not fed up. You're well fed. Can I have an amen? amen? Do you know that the lions are eating well in the jungle? Have you ever seen the elephants go on riot? 
What about the fishes in the sea? Do they go and protest? What about the birds of the air? Do they riot because of hunger? Oh, we no go agree. Oh, we no go agree. God of heaven, we no go agree. We never chop. Oh, we never chop. God is feeding them. How much more you? Are you with me? Are you with me? So I go to my store in my house and I speak to the store. You store, always be filled. And I go in there and I pick something from my, from my security man. Oh yeah, take this. Jesus said I should give you. The guy is a Muslim. I said, ah, yes, sir. He said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I should give you. Jesus wants you to bless people. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? He wants us to change levels. In every way. Maritally. Some people are due for marriage and they're not engaged. Let alone be married. God is settling you right now. I said, God is settling you right now. People be living God for the fruit of the womb. Maritally, God will settle you right now. Because faith is now. Let me tell you something. If the king of glory is your dad, if he's your daddy, somebody say, he's my daddy. He wants that glory to show on you. Hey! Is he your daddy? Somebody say, he's my daddy. Okay, you're not used to my phonetics. He's my daddy. He's my papa. The God of glory. Who's your daddy? If the God of glory is your daddy, then you are a child of? I don't want to give you too many scriptures. The Bible calls him the father of glory, calls Jesus the king of glory, and then calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of glory, and then you are glorified. Go to Isaiah 60. Glory be to God. I said God wants to show that glory in your life. God wants that glory to be revealed. God wants his glory to be revealed. Isaiah 60. Media, come on now. Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, arise, get up. Tell your neighbors, say, get up. Some of us have been sleeping for too long. It's time to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Shine. Tell them shine. Why would God ask you to shine if you don't have the ability to shine? It's in you. Someone say it's in me. Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.6, he said, I want to put you in remembrance of the gift of God that is in you to stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. You got to shine. Shine. Tell your neighbors, say shine. shine. For your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But upon you, the Lord shall arise, and his glory shall be seen. The glory gets to a visible level. The glory will be seen in your life. Those who have been mocking you will be forced to laugh with you because the glory will be seen in your life. It's a long read. Go to verse 7 or verse 8 for me. Media, please. I have a few minutes and I'm just driving my point home. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm like my father. Glory be to God. Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2 says copy, verse 2 says copy your father. Copy. It closes five times. I've not started closing. No, go to verse 7. Give me verse 7. Okay, so let's read verse 7. It said, all the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. Say amen to that. Amen. The rams of Nebaoth shall minister unto thee. Say amen to that. 
They shall come up with acceptance on my altar and I will glorify the house of my glory. Do you know the house of his glory? You think it's this building? You! Say, I am the house of his glory! And it will also make expression house more beautiful. Amen? Amen. Very soon we are going to have air conditioners. Amen? Amen. And we are going to have a brand new generator to power them. Amen? Amen. And we are going to have everything they have in the ICC. Amen? Amen. God will do it for us. We don't know how, but he's going to do it. And I'm asking God to bless you guys. I'm not asking him to send multimillionaires into this church. No, I'm asking him to bless those of you that are here who are diligent at your work, who are diligent in serving him, who are diligent in your place of fellowship. And those of you that are our friends also, you are blessed by association. Amen. Amen. Go to verse 9. Jump to verse 9. 9. Quickly. Let's read this together. One, two, go. Surely the isles shall wait for me and the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far. This is how I got to know that my sons will travel abroad. He said to bring your sons from far. And to bring your daughters, sorry, their silver and their gold with them. And when they're coming home, they're really going to be rich. Amen? Amen. You better be praying this over your children. Unto the name of the Lord your God. And to the Holy One of Israel. Because he is about to glorify thee. Is that what the Bible says? What does the Bible say? Say it again. Personalize it. He has glorified me. Are you glorified? Your father, your daddy is the king of glory. You are a child of glory. You are a glorified child in Yoruba or more. <laughs> you know the people that call themselves Omologo, they don't even know Christ. Many of them on social media. They are Yahoo boys. Oh, they are called girls. I say, ah, omologo. Awagogo, omologo. Anyone that has Christ is an omologo. Can I have an amen? amen? You know, in some families, they have like five children, but they say only one is your omologo. If all of you are born again, you are all ologoed. <laughs> Let me skip to the end of the message. Why greater glory? One, God wants you to know that greater glory is available. He wants you to know that it is available. One. Hosea 4, 6. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They are not destroyed because of the power of the devil, but they are destroyed. Nothing destroys like ignorance. Nothing. Ignorance is terrible. And what you don't know, you don't know. And what you don't know, you should be humble enough to learn. Proverbs 1.5 says, a wise man shall hear and he shall be instructed. He shall increase learning, rather. A wise man shall hear and he will increase learning. He will increase learning. What you don't know, you don't know. The fact that you're a double first class graduate of law, you made first class in law, UI, then you went to law school and made another first class, does not qualify you to go to UCH in the theater and join the neurosurgeons to operate on a, on a, on a sick person in the brain of a patient. He said, no, I'm, I'm made first class in law. Premier University, I made first class in law. Law school, Abuja, not Lagos, Abuja. I can walk on the brain. You kill that person. Because what you don't know, you don't know. That your university professor does not make you qualify to fly an airplane. You're a professor of medicine. And then you buy a ticket to go to London. When you bought that plane, the honorable thing to do 
is to be humble enough to locate your seat and sit down. You can't fly that plane, sir. You're a professor, quite all right. But what you don't know, you don't know. And there are things we don't know. May God, in our search for him, may God reveal things to us that we don't know. In Proverbs 19.2, it says, For the soul to be without knowledge is not good. It's not good. God doesn't like it. Amen? Proverbs 24, verses 4 and 5. Write it down. He said, in verse 4, And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. In verse 3, he said, A house is built by wisdom. And by understanding, it is established. A house may be built and established and be empty. Because it takes knowledge to fill all the chambers with pleasant riches. You need to fill your soul with the knowledge of God. You need to know God. Not just know the Bible. Know the God of the Bible. Let the Bible speak back to you. Anybody can read love scriptures from head. Nollywood stars do it. They write scripts and they... Matthew chapter 1, 2, Mark 2, 2, Malachi 3, 4. They can see anything. Let the word speak to you. A wise man is strong. Proverbs 24, verse 5. A man of knowledge increaseth strength. If you are weak in any area, go for knowledge. Are you with me? Are you with me tonight? 2 Peter 1, 2. It's amazing that grace and peace are multiplied, not by fasting and prayer. Grace and peace. You lack peace, grace and peace are multiplied through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So knowledge is key. Let me tell you, neighbor, say knowledge is key. Number two, why greater glory? Because greater glory is God's plan for you. Somebody say greater glory is God's plan for me. In Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, the Bible says the, the glory of this latter house shall surpass that of the former. Because in Habakkuk, I think 3.14 or so, 2.14, Habakkuk 2.14, he said the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the seas. Knowledge will fill up everywhere. But that's not enough. In Haggai 2.9, he says there is glory, but then there's a greater glory. He said, the glory of this latter house, talking about your life, shall be greater than that of the former. Can I have an amen? amen. In Proverbs 4.18, the Bible says, the path of the just is as a shining light. It shines more and more unto the perfect day. Ecclesiastes 7.10, he said, don't you ever say that how come the former days were better than now? Don't say that. Because God never plans a better yesterday for any of his children. Can I have an Amen. amen. Till Jesus returns, may you never record the better last year. Amen. May things always get better for you. Amen. There is no plan for a better yesterday. In fact, no more down days in your life. Amen. Because your greater glory days are here. Amen. Isaiah 60, 20 says, no, your son shall no more go down. Nobody is under the influence of my voice is permitted to be depressed anymore. Influence of my voice is permitted to be depressed anymore. Yeah. Neither shall your moon withdraw itself. Yeah. 
For the Lord shall be your everlasting light. And your God, your glory. In the name of Jesus. Finally tonight, as we go, how do I access the greater glory days? You've heard it is God's plan. You've heard it's available. But how? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10, 15, that the labor of the foolish wearies every one of them because they know not how to go to the city. Nothing can be more frustrating than not knowing how. I want to be an engineer, but I don't know how. I want to build a house, but I don't know how. If you don't know how, then you go to those who know how. Am I right about that? But when you don't know how and you don't know who to go to, then that's equal to frustration. One way. Somebody say one way. And that leads me to the, the title of this message. I'm giving you the title almost at the end. It is by love. Love is the one way to access the greater glory days. And for the title, I have love, the master key to the greater glory. Love, the master key to the greater glory. You want the greater glory. I, I simplify it for you. Love. Love who? Love God. One. Two. Love people. This is where we're close tonight. Oh, how can I love God? I don't see him. Moses said to them, you want to come to that much abundance and prosperity? Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your soul. Love him with all your strength. Young people, these are the days to really prove that you love God. The days are dark. The distractions are too many. Sometimes I feel for you. When I get on Instagram myself, and I see some stuff. I say, oh my goodness, are these the same things that my church members are exposed to? And the answer is yes. And sometimes I wonder, how do, they, how do some of them have the spiritual stamina to say no to these things? Today, they want to sell an ordinary mobile phone. It has to be a woman with bra and pants. Some have gone worse. They do body painting. They wear nothing. Absolutely nude. And they paint their body and walk. The kind of things that are on social media, they are enough to damage our souls. And I'm not ashamed to speak publicly against Blackbeard, uh, Bibi Niger, what do you call it? Big Brother Niger. It's an ungodly show from the pit of hell. And if you're a Christian, you're watching online, or you're here, and you are aspiring because of the money attached to go there, know you are ready to mortgage your soul. I'm, I'm, I'm in the events industry. I'm in showbiz. So I know. I know a lot of things about showbiz. But you can be there and shine the light of God. There are people who don't do business with us because we are the Jesus boys. And we are delighted. The jobs may not always come, but we are always well-funded. Psalm 37 verse 25. I have been young, now I'm getting older, yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Practically impossible. Don't just love God with your spirit. 
I speak in tongues. I love God. The next moment you get on social media and post a nude video because some celebrity has tagged that people who can do that and tag him or tag her, they put some money. They credit you with 50000 Are you that cheap? Is your nude that cheap? Should anybody see your nude except you, God, and then your future husband? Love the Lord with your soul. Greater glory is coming, but God is looking at your heart. Can this one carry it? If some of you have a little more freedom than what you have now, God knows your parents will never be able to talk to you anymore. Your pastor, pff, that one. Pastor, we support you with money. Pastor, you can't be talking to us like that. We are the financiers of this church. We just invested in our sound equipment expression house, and about two millionaires has gone into that. Now, you don't see some of those things, but you see some. And we still need about three million now. We are on a journey. And can you imagine somebody walks up and says, Pastor, three million, I give it to you. And then the next day I see a young man wearing earrings. Ah, why are you wearing earrings? Remove it. Pastor, no, that's how we got the money we gave you. <laughs> can God trust you with prosperity? Ask yourself, if you have a little more money, if you can afford to buy yourself a flight ticket to go to Dubai and lodge for two weeks, and you can afford to buy for an extra human being, Will you not buy for somebody and say, oh, baby girl, can we go hang out? Say, where are we going to hang out? Dubai. <laughs> you know that tallest building in the world? You know the name? Oh, come on, are you guys current? You only know Bibi Niger? Oh, Lord, have mercy. That building has a name. There is a hotel called Hotel Atlantis in Dubai. Part of it is in water, inside water, man. And when you go in there, I've not been there, but I've seen the pictures anyways. It's like an aquarium. You see, live sharks. There's almost there are hotels where you spend like $10,000 per night. $10,000 per night. Is it not to sleep and wake up? <laughs> Do I wake up in heaven? If you can afford it, can God trust you with it? Will you take care of your parents? Or will you tell them they are stinking? Daddy, when you want to talk to me, stay, please stay. Stay far from me. And you think some of these things are far-fetched, but they are not. Some of you already, you are saying it in your attitude. You look at your parents and say, when your mates were making money, where were you? you, you you're not saying it, but you're saying it in your mind. The Holy Spirit helped us in the service here some months ago. He gave me a word and said, if you have ever despised your parents in your mind or in your heart, step out. I saw the longest queue in my life since pastoring the Expression House for 12 years. From that end to that end, people who had been disrespectful, not necessarily verbally. And God broke that chain that morning. I pray you don't ever go back there. Will you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your energy? Come on, can you repost the content of this convention on your social media status? Some can't do that. They are ashamed of the gospel. But they can reshare what their nude friends post and put some emoji and laugh. Mado! How are you different from the world? I'm talking serious stuff here, guys. Love is stronger than death. Can you say, Lord, even if it means death, I'd rather die believing you. 
I'd rather die loving you. If it comes to somebody pointing a gun at your head and say, deny Christ or I bust your brain. Can you tell them, I died before I got here. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. The life which I now live by faith, with the, life, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do your worst. I will never deny Christ. Not because of one bullet. They sent Daniel to the lion's den because of the love for God. He came out alive. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went to the fairy furnace because of their love for God. They came back to tell the story. Those who are sold out to God always stand out in life. Those who go all out for God, God has their back. There are some of us you can't mess with. There are some people demons can't even mess with because they are sold out to God. We don't pray for prosperity. It comes. Matthew 6, 33. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things they are chasing after will come chasing you. Yes, there is that season when it will look as if God is not hearing you. But if you stay rooted, it's only a matter of time and faith, those things are going to come. Cars, some of you will be getting car gifts. Some of us here, people will build houses, fill it up with all good things, and just hand us the keys. One of our brothers got free accommodation. New house. New house. They just told him, it's my PA. Some, a couple from Port Harcourt came for Dunamis. We just finished our house. We want somebody to be living there. He said, brother, we like you. Stay there for free. In the days when, you know what, is on an estate, not inside the bush. Estate. Free. This is how God turns your water to wine when you love him. Senior pastor tells me this and he blesses me. He said, Fred, you may not have all the money, but God will ensure that you do the things that rich people do. I pray that for you by extension. God will ensure he does things for you that rich people do. Love the Lord. Let God be abundant in your thoughts. Let God be abundant in your soul. Psalm 14 verse 1, the fool that said in his heart, there is no God. Don't go 24 hours without thinking about him. David the psalmist said in Psalm 16 verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be moved. How do you set the Lord before you? In your soul. Somebody say, in my soul. You will do it consciously. Lord, I set you before me now as I go to school. I set you before me as I go to that interview. I set you before me as I talk to my friends. Don't forget God. Finally, love people. Love people. Love people. Love people. <laughs> love is the activator of the gift of the Spirit. I discovered that. And that's where I was taught. But listen, do you love people enough that you carry them before God in the place of prayer? In our church, have you located a brother or a sister who has been going through tough times? Somebody wearing the same clothes, week in, week out. You might not have the money to help them change their clothes, but have you knelt on your Knees to say, Lord, bless him. That sister that's always posting nude, nude every time. Lord, encounter her. Instead of gossiping, 
Have you prayed for her? Do you love people that much? Do you love them to the point that when they hurt you, you forgive them? Say, lie, lie, teach for that. You do me, I do you, God, no go vex. Are you that kind of human being? Are you that kind of believer? Do you only pray for yourself? I, me, and myself, the unholy trinity. Lord, bless me, bless my water, bless my bread. Do you pray for other people? Do you lift up your pastor in prayer? Do you lift up your parents in prayer? Do you know that your parents also have their battles? Many of which they can't share with you because you don't have the stamina to carry. But rather you criticize them. You don't know why he's a poor man. When his mate was going to school, why didn't he go to school? You should just send me to school. I don't want poverty to be repeated in my life. Singing that alone has repeated poverty in your life. You don't curse your mother. There is a generation that curse their father. Don't curse your parents. Bless them. Look at your daddy's car. It's old. Lord, bless him. Lord, prosper him. Tell your sick mom, mommy, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Don't go to and say, I can't be doing wife duties, though. I'll be washing, washing, be cooking for everybody. <laughs> I don't want to sing the song that they taught us in primary school because the song is not scriptural, but it's almost scriptural. Don't finish it. Don't finish it. Don't finish it. Church, please let me wrap up this way. I found out that love is the activator of the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. Three of them say something. Three of them do something. Church, help me. Three of them reveal something. Of the three that say something, what are those gifts? Gift of prophecy, diverse kind of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Those are the three gifts that say something. What about the three that, that do something? Gift of faith, working of miracles, and this and gifts of healings. The three of them reveal something. One, word of wisdom. Two, word of knowledge. Three, the sign of spirit. We want all those nine gifts in this church. But you know what God showed me? In that first Corinthians 12, the last verse, Paul the apostle by the spirit said, yet show you I a more excellent way. What is the more excellent way? In the next chapter, it was the scholars that divided the Bible into chapters and verses. That epistle was one long epistle that Paul wrote. He was all writing, 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 writing. So scholars put it for ease of comprehension. So he was still speaking, talking about the gift of the Spirit. When he got into 1 Corinthians 13, and as he entered 13, he began to talk about love. Because that is the more excellent way. And he spoke about all the attributes of love. He spoke about prophecy, they will see his tongue, they will see his kiniko, kiniko. Then he, he wrote all the way to chapter 14 and verse 1. And when he got there, chapter 14 verse 1, on the screen please, he said, follow after love. He was still talking about love. And then he said, desire spiritual gifts. Do you know why we are not flowing in the gifts? Because we don't love. When God sees the love that you have for the sick, and you covet the best gift. What is the best gift? The gift you need right now. If it's the gift of healings, it will come into operation. If it's the gift of special faith, that gift doesn't do a miracle, but it, it receives a miracle. It will receive anything. It will believe God against all odds. It's a power gift. It's the most powerful of the power gifts. And if it's to speed up 
and to create a miracle, create the spirit of the working of miracles will go into action through your hands, through your voice. When God sees love in your heart, Solomon did not pray for money, sir. Solomon did not pray to build a house in, on Banana, in Banana Republic or Banana Island. The only qualification for the wealth of Solomon was 1 Kings 3.3. And Solomon loved the Lord. That was all. That was all. And when he was going to miss it, he rechanneled that love into sin. 1 Kings 11.1. And Solomon loved strange women. After that, he began to write, Vanity upon vanity. All is vanity, says the preacher. It's all vexation. He said, I tried knowledge. He said, vexation of the spirit and weariness of the flesh. I tried merriment. I gave my heart to merriment. I did faji. I enjoyed from one nightclub to another. If I became the club, nothing. Vexation of the spirit and weariness of the flesh. I gave my strength to women. What can you do with 1,000 women? No matter how active, even if you are a horse, as a man, you are a horse. Eh? In the days of two some, three some, you have one thousand. Solomon had one thousand some, hundred some. Eh? He, he came back after all the expression. And you guys, listen to me. Listen up. Listen up. He said, "Is all one vexation of the spirit. Your spirit, your spirit will be vex." So what you do, crazy? What they worry you? Vexation of the spirit. Number two, weariness of the flesh. You will age very quickly. If you are a lady and you you are using your body anyhow, one joint, 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 it will animal shaw. And fania do go from one street to another, from one street to another. It will soon tear. At twenty-eight, we'll be anti-graft woman. Say no, 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 I'm not an anti. Why, why, you, why are you embarrassing me? I'm, I'm a small girl. I know you are not a small gamer. I said, don't call me ma. Okay, I'm sorry, ma. I said, don't mommy. But we keep your body. And the same thing goes for you guys. I'm the guy. I'm the man, man. I'm a, I'm a hard guy. Hard guy, hard guy. One day, hard guy go bend. Monkey go go, free, go, go market. If you know, stand on your feet, everybody. Do you love God enough to spend time with him? We are going to pray tonight. When you love someone, you spend time communicating with them. Even when there's nothing to say, you are breathing on the phone. <sighs> what are you thinking? Nothing. And what are you thinking? Eh, nothing. I just make a hair voice on because you love. How many of us approach prayer like that? Prayer meeting is the least attend attended meeting in any church. Because people see prayer as a torment. It's a mental torment and a spiritual torture. You pray, 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 pray. You think you are praying for 35 minutes. You look at the clock, only two minutes. Ah! After, shut up, baba, ege, ege, lusaga, makora, iga, umara. When you are praying, you better reduce the chakra. You expend too much energy. 
Like my children, when they were still much younger, they're still younger, but much younger, my son especially, I would say, today you are fasting. You go and look at the clock. <laughs> my brother also did the same when he was growing up. I made him fast. I'm the first one, he's the last. I made him fast one day. We used to fast in our family every Wednesday. He carried the workload, he removed it from the work. Put it on the table. She continue. When you love someone, you spend time with them. When you love the Lord, prayer becomes the breath you breathe. Your thoughts are on God. That becomes your mental prayer. Thank God for senior pastor. Your actions are carried out in love. It becomes prayer in action. Your sleep, when you are sleeping, also becomes prayer to God. Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not faint. When you love God, prayer is born out of love. Three hours will not be too long anymore to tarry in his presence. You stay there until he says, it's okay now. That's one of the things we are taking home with us from a blaze. The greater glory days. We are leaving the realm with which we came for a higher realm. Can I have an amen to that? And this church becomes a lovely, lovely church. A loving, lovely, and lovable church. Where I don't see my brother and I go look for him. I don't see my sister in church. I go look for her. Not to have sex with them. But to bear their burden. To encourage them. People are discouraged. Sometimes you don't know. It's not all about money. Sometimes you just need a word of encouragement. Let me tell you, strong people also need help. There are times that nobody's there but just my wife. She doesn't know too many scriptures. But the few she knows, just one. Just one is all I need. I don't even want all the scriptures. Sometimes all you need is it is well. A hug from a sister or a brother and a pat on the shoulder to say, look, I'm standing with you. And that will make a difference in their lives. I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to serve and get a partner. I won't hurt you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. It is his will that every need be supplied.